Thank you for downloading this episode of the Shrimps Verdict podcast. We really appreciate your ears. All opinions expressed are those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or of Beyond Radio. If you'd like to find out more details about advertising and sponsorship opportunities, very cost-effective too, of either the podcast or of our Shrimps live full match Morecambe commentaries. We are at every single game, of course, home and away between now and the end of the season. You can drop me an email for more details to dave.salmon at beyondradio.co.uk Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. After... Ragan nearly got a shot away. Instead, he lost to go out towards his right side, and Arthur Nahua can't get his cross past his first man, but then tries again with his second time. Diagaraga of all people, on. then stopped and oh. Oh, it opened up for him there for just a second, and it's blocked away. Phillips chips it towards the back post. Who wants it? Anthony O'Connor over on the far side. Stephen Robinson, Dermot O'Carroll head in their hands. Close, but not close enough. Over on this left-hand side, Arthur bringing the ball a good. 30 or so yards over the halfway line. Still going after Nahua in field. It's going to go to Adam Phillips, who might think about a shot here from the edge of the box. He does go on. Going to fall for Arthur Nahua. Can Arthur sort his oh. feet up? He can. He got the left-footed shot away. Aaron Chapman was beaten, and it bounces back off the crossbar. Anthony O'Connor on halfway. This is nice from Morgan. Good touch from Ayunga to get it into the feet of McLaughlin. Ayunga once more into the path of Stockton. Ayunga's going to pull the trigger. Left footed. Oh, that was a decent oh. effort from 25 yards. Lovely move that from Morgan. Yeah, that would have been goal. Lots of players involved. That would have been a cracking goal if Ayunga could have provided the finish. Decent effort and a good save low down to his left hand side by Aaron Chapman. Donald as well uh, to uh, retain possession. And Kuhn is in a bit of space now down this right hand side. Gets the ball across nearly. Oh. Adam Phillips at the near post. Good break goalkeeping that from the keeper Aaron Chapman. Nahua. Good control from Go on, Shane man. McLaughlin. And out towards Jonah Ryunga in front of the Berlin wall down this right hand side. Jonah not afraid to run at his man. Oh. Gets it into the path of Stockton who's got his head in his hands. And Derwin O'Carroll inside the technical area looks up to the heavens because if Cole could have got that one to stick to his foot, he would surely have put the ball in the back of the net. Stockton on the edge of the box, thought for a second about shooting, instead plays it out towards the right-hand side. Cooney drills it across, oh, who can provide a finishing gosh. touch. Nobody in Gillingham get the lucky bounce of the ball to clear it out of the penalty area. Didn't quite fall for a red shrimp shirt to put the ball in the back of the net. And then Tom Dixon-Peters goes up and over looking for the run of big for Dane Oliver looking to catch us on the break. Oliver on the edge of the box, it's going to fall for the substitute. Ryan Jackson who's oh. going to bend it into the top corner. Superb goal to give Gillingham the lead. And we spoke about the sucker punch and there it comes on 72 minutes. We were on the attack, stopped into Cooney, got the ball across, Gillingham cleared our lines and then we're just caught on the overload. It was Dixon-Peters out towards Oliver on the edge of the box and it's the substitute Ryan Jackson who scores probably the goal of his career with his right foot. Another world-class strike against Morecambe this season. How many times are we going to say that as he curled it into Trevor Carson's top corner to make it Morecambe nil, Gillingham one. That was not in the script. Talk about against the runner play. We've talked about the threat that Morecambe have posed this afternoon. And all it takes is that moment of quality. We said we had to be aware to it, but take nothing away from the lad. It's a fine finish. One of those, as soon as it leaves his boot, you can just see where it's going. 
And unfortunately, the Shrimps have got it all to do on 72 minutes. It's uh, Morecambe nil, Gillingham won. Yeah, I've got to give Neil Harris some credit for that goal as well, because he made the substitution when we were talking about the lad on yellow cards. And he comes up with the goals. Great play by Oliver down the line to put inside and find him. But well, now it's a massive 17 minutes for the Shrimps. See if we can get a goal. Ball on halfway with Badeau. Who's just going to play that towards his right-hand side once more? Cooney into the Go path on. of John Abika! Yes, come on! Oh, what a finish that was from Big John. And it's his second goal of the season, and what a fine strike that was to get back on level terms. Well, it was attack against defence there for a couple of minutes. One side then, the other going forward. We finally got the ball into a shooting opportunity into the feet of Big John Abika, and he curls it deliciously with his left foot past the despairing dive of Aaron Chapman to level things up here on 84 minutes and make it Morecambe 1, Gillingham 1. Good patient play from Morecambe there. Just because they were standing tall, we weren't forcing it, and ultimately we get the ball to the, uh, to the feet of John Abika, who manages to curl on into the far corner. No chance for the goalkeeper. It's an excellent finish from John and it sets us up for an exciting last seven or eight minutes here at the Mizzou. It's Morecambe 1, Gillingham 1. Good finish that, Freddie. Yeah, brilliant from John. A little spin, left foot, curl into the bottom corner. Fantastic. Now can we push on and nick a winner? We certainly have our tails up and the Bartikar faithful away to our left-hand side certainly have ramped up the noise here at the Mazuma a couple of notches. We've got an attack going here with Shane McLaughlin who's going to try and feed in Ryan Cooney down this right-hand side. Ball across, it might fall for Greg Lee at the back post and tries oh, to volley it in. Cole Stockton oh, put in, no. nobody can quite force it over the line, I think that was a good save actually from yeah, Aaron Chapman, save. as good the save. ball just fell three yards out to Joan Ryunga, he poked it towards goal, and the keeper's in his way and Gillingham survived. Massive chance. But Shane McLaughlin has been absolutely immense in this second half, and he just wrestled possession back once more for the Shrimps. He's everywhere. Here he comes, into the path of Ayunga. Will dig, Lee on this left-hand side, how oh, good's the cross? It's reasonable out towards the back post. Go on, John. John. Beaker again, a chance to win. Oh, it's wide. It's took a deflection. That was the opportunity. It was John Beaker again on the right-hand side of the penalty area. And from where we were, it looked for all the world as if it was going to nestle in the far corner. Oh. It takes a deflection and just goes the wrong side of the post. I think the goalkeeper's made a great save there. Yeah, another great save from their goalie. Johnson, the right thing, hits it across goal with power on a slippy pitch. Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimps' verdict on Beyond Radio. I thought we totally dominated from start to finish. 70% possession, which is, well, that's Man City Liverpool material in terms of dominating the game. And the, the right back will never had a shot like that ever in his career again, I would imagine. Um, or he shouldn't be playing in League One level, he should be playing for Barcelona. But listen, it, it happens, that's football. We had enough chances to win maybe three or four different games. But I can only give credit to the, the players today on a, on a really difficult surface. We passed the ball, we showed great desire, we pressed them. It was some super, super football played, chances created. As I said, there's not a lot more you can do in football. Is you, you're creating chances, you're hard to play against, you're, you're passing the ball and you're pressing. And we didn't do that for 20 minutes at Lincoln. You know, outside of that, in the last six, seven games, we've done that. And you know, we're we're not losing games. We want to win, of course. We're, we're I'm gutted for the players because. You know, that deserved a, a win today. Um, a wonder strikes cost us two points. But I've just said to them, look, I'm, I'm actually proud of you today. You know, you're given, and I think people can see they're given absolutely everything for this football club, so I'll stick up for them to the hilt. I don't curve them repeating myself. I am sticking up for the players. They're giving me everything. Good footballers. Had we had this squad 
from the start I don't think we'd be where we are I, mean, I could just encourage him to keep playing and passing the style we want and keep entertaining people He talks about their goal the wonder strike it was when you're down at the bottom and struggling a bit like you are they seem to just flying all the time don't they? <laughs> yeah listen things are going against us um, Ryan our media manager says uh, if I bought a duck it would drown at the moment and you know, he's probably right things are going against us but look you make your own luck the more time you have the ball in the opposition's box the more things you get luckier with the more times you're not defending in your own box the, the less luck you need and you know we've done that so like, we've kept the ball out of our box they're a handful you know a uh, big boy Oliver up front's a handful and we, we, we dominated them we dominated all over the pitch you know there wasn't there wasn't a poor performance so it's difficult as a manager to go and criticise anybody because they're giving everything for me in the football club and listen, they, if they keep playing the gap there, look, I genuinely believe, unless we continue to have that fortune, that we will go out of this year. We're, you know, we're not getting beat. We're in every game, like people ruled us out before the start of the season, with the, the you know, the mountain we had to climb, and we're certainly right in the, the chance to stay in this division. One of the pleasing sides was the heads didn't drop after Gillingham went one 0 Yeah, listen, they, I think Gillingham, I'm sure Neil would admit they didn't deserve to get that goal. And that's football, it's cruel at times. But the character shown by the boys, you know, Johns comes on and scores. He's going to be a big asset now that he's fit. And he's another great chance. Jonah's another great chance. Anton Cole, little mix-up when one of them should have had a shot away. So we're creating chances. We're playing super football. We're showing a real desire to play for Morton Football Club. So there's not a lot more other than two more points that I can really ask for from the players. Another crowd today, nearly 4,500, and they really, really got behind you in those final 10 minutes. Yeah, in, in these conditions. And uh, listen, I think, to be honest with you, that's credit to the players because people said our crowds would drop off during the season. We've been in the, the lower reaches of the division for the vast majority of it, but I think people can see they're being entertained. We're trying to play a, a style of football that is entertaining, that suits our players, and they're giving absolutely everything for the bunch. So as long as they're giving me that, then I won't get any criticism from me. We just need to turn the draws in the wins we're well aware of that we need to go we're the only team down the bottom that haven't had a run of maybe two or three wins so if we keep playing like that with that level of commitment then that'll come and it's great for fans to see what John Rubica can do John's been really unfortunate you know he was probably my, my main signing over the summer um, you know obviously Cole stepped up to the plate but there's competition now you know Cole's got uh, a fight in his hands now with, with Jonah playing ever so well um, John um, Courtney Doofus who was in a car accident so we didn't involve him today but you know he's coming back to fitness so I think it bodes well going into the last 14 games of the season um, and you know we need, we're going to need absolutely everybody to stay in this league You say Courtney in an accident there he was warming up before the game so it's not too bad No it just listen, he, he had a bang in the motorway on the way home for, after our game so um, he just wasn't at himself the last two games in my opinion and you know hopefully we'll get him back involved after a reserve game next week Someone who impressed me today was, uh, was Shane McLaughlin he never gave up he never does. He's, he's the epitome of everything I love about this squad of boys. They're, they're a great bunch of boys. And the only criticism I have of them is they're, they're so quiet. But today, you know, they're starting to realise you can't start games like Lincoln. They're driving each other. And okay, it's difficult because it's hard to be critical of them. You know, we should have had three points today. And I keep saying that we should have, could have, maybe, you know, and, you know, what ifs. And we're being punished for every single error we make at the moment. But as I say, Shane epitomised what we're about. His quality on the ball, his energy off the ball. And, you know, if we have more performance in the gap, we'll win more than we lose. Well, John, a 1-1 draw today. Uh, you got on the score sheet with seven minutes to go to win the points. Uh, your overall thoughts on the game, though? Yeah, listen, I thought we uh, we controlled the game. I thought, I thought the boys did well uh, in possession, out of possession. Um, you could see we had most of the ball, but... Um, it's just what we do with the ball when I feel that um, we're probably disappointed we didn't uh, take all three points. Yeah. You came and scored seven minutes to go. After they scored their only real shot on target in the second half. To be fair to Morecambe, heads could have dropped but you kept going for it, didn't you? Yeah, no, that's the spirit in the team. You know, the uh, the gaffer 
uh, brings that out of us in training and, and all the boys, even the boys that are not, not in the squad, we're all challenging for places and um, we're, we're all um, getting at each other each day. So um, that's, I feel for us that's normal when it comes to the last minute, we know that we're, we're still a threat. Second goal of the season for you and a nice finish too? Yeah, no, it's, it's nice, it's nice to, to, to get another one, but you know, uh, I feel like I need more um, going into uh, the last, uh, I think it's like 14 or 15 games, you know, so they're big games for us and you know, I know we will need the whole squad to, to, to chip in. You almost got a second at the end, but a great save from Aaron Chapman. Yeah, definitely, you know, it's probably the, the cleanest right foot I've, I've had, you know, in a while, but um, yeah, you know, those ones you, you kind of wish, you kind of scuff it and it goes in, but um, you know, I'll be, be looking to, to score in the next game for sure. Looking about yourself, you came off the bench again. Are you getting back to full fitness now? Yeah, definitely. You know, doing um, extras, a lot of extras in in training. You know, uh, the gaffer's got you know a few of us doing uh, extras. The things we need, I need that sharpness in and around the box, and uh, I'm glad that it, it paid off today. How important are these next 14, 15 games? And yeah, it's important. I feel we have to 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 kind of stay focused on 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 each game. Uh, let's not look all the way till you know to the end of the season how it's going to look. But each game we've got Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury next and look to to take the three points. Some fans are disappointed that you didn't you're not getting the results against the teams at the lower end of the table, but you're getting them against teams at the top end of the top end of the table. Is that the most frustrating thing for the dressing room? Yeah, I think it's just, if you take each game as they come, I think it's just frustrating. Like, this game is frustrating. We didn't take the three points as we were on top. You know, um, we played Lincoln. Um, they had a, a great 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes. And then second half, we, we managed to, to get a goal, but to, to get another. So we, we were disappointed in that. But uh, we just have to look at each game as they come and, and, and do our best, for sure. The manager said earlier, yeah, now there's some uh, good competition up front for places between yourself and Cole and other people as well. Dylan Connolly's come in. So it's going to be uh, hard work, but interesting towards the final end of the season. Yeah, no, I think this is what we need. We need healthy competition. You know, in training, we, we have to work hard and in games, we have to show what we, we do all week. You know, so uh, now I'm, I'm glad that, you know, there's a, at least even Wes McDonald is, is um, he's out of the squad. Uh, Jacob Mensah and also the defender, but we're all kind of trying to, to, to get into that, that starting eleven. It's the Shrimps Verdict Podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. Episode 43 already. The season is absolutely flying by, isn't it? Here at the Mazuma this uh, Saturday afternoon, it's finished on as even vital game for the Shrimps. It was very important that they didn't lose, of course. One that we could really have done with winning, but it's finished. Morecambe won. Gillingham won. A late John Obika equaliser. Cancelling out what was another worldy the strike of his life from the Gillingham player to open the scoring. How many times has that happened against us this season? But it's another point, and the team below us in the table haven't gained any more ground on us. So let's look at the positives. Hello from Dave Salmon. Matt Smith, of course, from the Shrimps Media team alongside me. As ever, and Matt, how did you see it this afternoon? Is that a point gained or two dropped or, or a bit of both, perhaps? Um, it's a tough one, isn't it? I think with hindsight, obviously, going into the last, what, 10 minutes, 5 minutes, um, a, a goal down, then at that point you take a point any day, don't you, of course. But I think with the chances we created uh, in the first half, um, it was just a case of doing everything but score, do you know what I mean? Um, I thought we, we piled the pressure on, I thought we created loads of chances. Um, the biggest chance, obviously, uh, so Arthur hit the bar just before half-time. Uh, and then the second half, I think it went a similar fashion, to be honest with you. I was greatly impressed with how Morecambe performed, generally speaking, this afternoon. Uh, fair play to, to their lad, Ryan Jackson. What a, what a strike that is. And that's what they needed because they didn't really carve us open too many times. They didn't really test Trevor Carson. No. Um, 
but ultimately, you know, I suppose so close to to losing, you have to be relatively happy with the point. But I mean, we could have won it at the end, obviously, with the uh, the, the John Abika effort that's uh, saved well by their goalkeeper. So it mixed emotions, to be fair. But again, loads of positives to take and and confidence to build on. Stephen Robinson said in his post-match a phrase from, from Ryan. It's the title of this podcast as well. If we bought a duck, it would probably drown. And, and it's so true, isn't it? The look that we're having at the moment. If it's going for you, Arthur Nahua shot goes in off the bar, doesn't hit the bar and go out for a goal kick. That scramble at the corner of the second half, Jonah Ringer's close-range effort. The keeper sticks a leg out and saves it. If it's going for us, it goes in the back of the net. Those are the fine margins which just haven't gone our way this season. And I am sick to the back teeth, I'm sure you are as well, of opposition players scoring the goal of their career against us. As, as, as the gaffer said, he's never going to hit a shot like that into the top corner as long as he plays. But it, it's happened at least half a dozen times this season. Yeah, it's just a... You can't really compensate for that, can you? It's a, it's a fantastic strike from the lad. Uh, one of those where as soon as it leaves his boot, you fully expect it to find the back of the net, and that's exactly what it did. Um, but ultimately, you know, you can't really fault Morecambe's work rate, their effort this afternoon. I thought it was uh, fantastic. And Gaffer said that um, he's got to be proud of the team yeah. this afternoon, and I have to agree with him. I thought everyone did their bit. Um, again, the only thing is might feel a slight bit of disappointment that we, we couldn't take one of our many shots, you know, many many chances. But again... When, when, when we needed it, John Abika comes up, uh, scores a, a good goal, like we said, could have had a second. So, yeah, you, it was one of those games where possibly must win, but must not lose. So, in that respect, it's you know, you, you've got to be happy that we've come away with at least a point. The stats don't lie, Matt. We had all the possession. We played all of the football. We created all the chances. The, the phrase we've used, and, and we can't keep using this because we're going to run out of games nearly but not quite in the final third yes we had loads of possession yes we had loads of good opportunities in and around the box but for me we didn't quite work the keeper as 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 much as we should certainly in the first half we were guilty perhaps a little bit of trying to walk the ball in one pass too many on on the edge of the box instead of getting the shot away second half we were better of course keeper pulled off a couple of blinding saves that one towards the end from John Abika it's going in the far corner he just about gets it around the post for and, and that was that preserve the point for them but we can't keep saying nearly but not quite we've got to go over the line if you like yeah um, and, and we have shown this season that we can be clinical um, up top um, it's just a case of, of, of finding that again uh, like you say the chances that we're creating were excellent um, we, we look well on top both halves really I'd say I think we're a better team all afternoon all it takes is like we said just that one moment of quality that doesn't really give you a reality check but it, I, I think it maybe uh, it, it, I don't know the, the right way of saying it but seeing them obviously not really created too much all afternoon all of a sudden take the lead against a run of play then I think that might switch on a little bit a little bit more shall I say in terms of being more effective in the final third but ultimately speaking like we said we can't really fault the lads this afternoon I thought there were, uh, no. thought there were some really good performances Given the rain and we, we, we just we're just sitting on the front row of the main stand here re- recording this bit of the pod and you can just see through the floodlights the rain's absolutely sideways sheeting and it's that Peter Kay rain the fine rain isn't it 
uh, not windy today, which I suppose we should be grateful for small mercies. And, and then the pitch held up pretty well. It's obviously got very heavy in the second half, but given those conditions, I thought we played some fantastic football, I have to say. My two men of the match, and, and I think you agreed, and, and great to have Freddie Price on commentary with us as well this afternoon. Uh, Joan Royinger, of course, again. But for me, I think Shane McLaughlin just about edged it in the second half. He covered every blade of grass. Yeah, he was terrific, Shane, um, as, as he always is. You know, um, Jonah Younger, excellent again. Uh, I think Ryan Cooney as well. I thought yeah. he was brilliant. Um, but yeah, like we say, individual performances put them together for a team effort. And I think that's what we saw this afternoon. The only thing we didn't do, obviously, in, in the first half was score. Um, so again, you know, we can take that confidence going into the next couple of games uh, and hopefully we can just go that one step further and put our chances away and come out with the three points. Given the result and it wasn't a win, I thought the gaffer was not remarkably upbeat because he had lots of reasons to be happy today. And as he said in his post-match, he, he had to praise the, the team today because we gave everything and, and we keep saying it. We've got to obviously convert that into wins now, but... The players are giving everything they possibly can to stay in League One. There's no doubt about that. No, when you see players putting that level of effort and work rate in, when, when you see them playing like that for the badge, you, there's not much you can do them other than praise them. Like we say, yes, we, we, we didn't really put chances away in, in the first half, but when you've got lads week in, week out playing for the shirt and, and doing so much for the cause, then... You, you've got to credit them you've got to praise them and that's what the gaffer does you know he sees them week in week out working as hard as they do the fans obviously get to see it on the weekend and on Tuesday nights as well so you've got a group of lads that are just putting everything in every ounce of strength and effort and work great that's what they're doing and very rarely will we see this team leave the pitch at the end of 90 minutes thinking I could have put more in there we're going to hear from Ollie from Salop Cast to a preview Shrewsbury in just a few moments time but it goes without saying, Matt, looking forward to heading down to Shropshire uh, next Saturday, but another huge game ahead. Yeah, a massive game. Uh, I touched on it on comms. I think they'll be up for it. They'll be certainly looking for a response from the reverse fixture. I thought they were, and I think Steve Cottrell agreed, I thought they were really poor, really, um, all the way back in August, I think it was, when they came to the Mazuma. Um, so they'll be looking for a response to that. Obviously, they themselves could do with picking up points. So, again, you know, it promises to be another exciting clash between two teams that, that want to get points on the board. And hopefully we can come away from Shropshire, Shropshire with the three points. Well, it's a lot calmer than it was seven days ago here, Matt, that's for sure. Uh, and we're a lot less cold and a lot less stressed for many, many reasons. So, uh, Matt, enjoy the weekend. We'll speak to you next Saturday. And you. Cheers, Dave. Thank you. Morkham midfielder, uh, Freddie Price. Delighted to have you along. Freddie, good afternoon. Thank you. Uh, now, Matt, um, you've been talking to Freddie at length and, and he's got quite the journey, hasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's been a, a fascinating journey, hasn't it, for yourself, Freddie? Uh, before we get into that, let's just have a bit of an update from you about the injury. Obviously, fans aren't, well, the fans that aren't aware of, of the injury, just give us a bit of a recap as, as to what happened. Yeah, it was a bit of a nasty one, really. So, in training, just took a ball to the face and was knocked unconscious for about five to ten minutes. and rushed off to hospital in the ambulance but thankfully we're on the men now we've seen countless number of specialists and we're getting back to full fitness so it's it's good news yeah it, it certainly is and obviously like you say total freak injury wasn't it yeah. and um i suppose that's why as we all know it in sport in the minute and going forwards you know concussion and, and all the importance surrounding that it's, it's vital isn't it yeah yeah 
look, it's been, it has been a tough couple of months at home. They, they didn't allow us to drive for a while, so I was at home filling my time and doing other bits and bobs, but thankfully we've seen the right people and I seem to be heading in the right direction. So hopefully in another month or so's time, we'll be all right to join back in training and, and games again. And touching on training, uh, we were speaking earlier, you have returned this week to, to non-contact training, haven't you? You have uh, been allowed to start driving again. Like you say, after being cooped up in the house again for a period of time, that must be uh, fantastic to get back. Yeah, it was, it was, it was like lockdown four. It was, uh, <laughs> it was a bit crazy, but yeah, back in now, I'm working with the physios. I can join in passing drills and other bits. So hopefully Farney's got enough sessions up his sleeve to keep us occupied for a month or so before I can join back in fully. And of course, being forced out for, for three months through the injury, how much does that drive you on and, and give you even more hunger to when you are allowed back out on the pitch? How much does that make you want to, to go out and make more of an impact than you ever have done so far? Yeah, so looking at it, I was just getting a little run in the team under, under the new gaffer before the, uh, before the injury happened. I'd sort of just found myself working in his system, which did take a while to adapt, but I think we were getting there. And then, yeah, I'm just really just really want to get back try and help this club stay in league one and that's the main aim really i think there's about i was looking at the other day maybe eight games left by the time i can play again so i'm just going to try and crack down training work hard and see if we can make an impact in them last eight games yeah it will be great to see you back out on the pitch of course now if we touch on obviously dave mentioned earlier your, your youth career within the club uh, one of the success stories here at morecambe um, just give us a bit of an insight into into your time spent uh, in the career uh, sorry in the academy yeah so they picked us up when i was i was 15 i was playing at marine afc before that i've been playing just for my local side with my mates redgate so I have to give a shout out to Ian Pike, the manager there. He was uh, he was brilliant with us and all my mates there. So then, yeah, went to Marine, signed my scholarship at Morecambe a couple of months after being on trial, and all went from there. I came up here, lived in digs with Gary and Allison, for those who know, and then yeah, went from there, strength to strength, and then signed my pro contract during during the lockdown and COVID. And you say strength to strength, of course, signing that the contract is the big milestone, if you will, the first pro contract. But then onwards, you know, you didn't just settle and, and, and I don't know, just, just think, right, okay, nice one, I've made it, I've got a pro deal. You pushed on even further, didn't you? And it was uh, when Derek Adams arrived, like you say, you signed your first deal and then you really arrived on the scene last season, didn't you? Yeah, so my aim for the season was just coming in pre-season and try, and try and make an impact and see if I can get myself maybe on the bench and come on in a few games and, and try my best. But yeah, it just... It escalated quickly from the goal against Man U and then it just went from there when yeah as you say strength to strength and then we got a chance towards the end of the season show what we're all about and of course debut goals you talk about wanting to get to Man United it doesn't really get much better than that does it yeah I was saying before it's just a shame there was no fans in to see it but I think everyone at home is watching it on the iFollow my mum and dad as well and all my mates so yeah great moment and yeah, not a bad goal either, <laughs> off the post and in, so just thankful to see it roll across the line in there. Yeah, it's certainly, you kicked on it again, you went, you continued going from, from strength to strength, obviously the goal against United in the uh, in the AFL Trophy, and then you started um, to, to arrive on the, league, on the League 2 scene as well, didn't you, and you got your first goal against Cambridge. For someone who's obviously, like you say, started at Sunday League and, and, and come up and arrived on the, the professional EFL stage, that must have been massive to get your first goal in, uh, in yeah, the Football League. Yeah, it was crazy. You go from, from one year, a couple of years ago on playing Sunday League football to a couple of years later you're scoring in, in League 2 in, in a vital game of promotion in League 2. So, yeah, again, it was crazy. My family and friends watching at home. I think they got the goal notification through on their phone before 
before the ball went in, so they were all just waiting to see the ball cross the line and uh, and celebrate at home. And talking about celebrations, all culminating in a day out at Wembley back in May last year. What a day that was, wasn't it? Yeah, brilliant for everyone. I'm sure we'll look back in 10, 15 years and it'll be a day in the club's history, maybe even longer, 50, 100 years. It's, it's one we'll never forget and certainly I won't. No, I mean, we were talking on the pitch, weren't we, uh, after the full-time whistle? And just for everybody listening that, that's seen the pictures, just give us the uh, the story behind the, the famous scarf around the head. Yeah, it was crazy. It was just uh, one of my mates has thrown the scarf to me from in the crowd, and I thought, right, I'll wear that. My, my nan can spot me on all the photos after the game. and. Yeah, crazy, crazy scenes after the game. It was a great day out, wasn't it? Now, obviously, soon after uh, Derek Adams departed, Stephen Robinson arrived. What would you say would be the, the, the differences, I suppose, in, in working under both managers? Obviously, your first pro manager was Derek Adams. So, I suppose, after he left and, and the new gaffer coming in, from your point of view, there may have been a bit of apprehension or, or a little yeah. bit of um, what's going to happen, I suppose. Yeah, there's always adaptation time again. Like my contract was up in the summer, so it was just we'll have a renew my contract here and then go from there, really. When the new gaff comes in in pre-season, you try your best to make an impression. And maybe it took me a bit longer than, than I'd hoped for. And it took me till maybe October, November before I started getting a chance. But hopefully now, when I come back, I, I know the system now. It's a bit different to, to the one we were playing under last year. And hopefully, yeah, I can make an impression come the last five or six games of the season. Perfect. And finally, as Dave's already said, Youth Development Week, it's massive. You know, from your point of view as someone who, who has come through the academy and has been a success story, how important is it to you that obviously we do recognise Youth Development Week and we do have a, a day dedicated to it here at Morecambe? Yeah, it's brilliant. Like you can see all the, all the kids in the stand over there. The, it's, it's a good thing for them to see, you know, this is what they aim for, first team football in, in League One, in a big game, it doesn't get much better. No, it's certainly, uh, I'm sure it will push them on and drive them uh, on to, to have their own careers in the game, I'm absolutely sure. Now another massive game next Saturday for the Shrimps. No midweek action for Morecambe uh, this coming Tuesday. We have a full seven days to prepare for the trip to Shropshire, the Montgomery Waters Meadow, the destination for Stephen Robinson's men. And another crucial crunch battle in the fight to stay a League One football club next season. Shrewsbury Town, the Shrimps' opponents next Saturday. Full commentary, of course, on Shrimps Live as ever from 2.45. Ahead of the game, I've been talking to Ollie Warner. Ollie is the founder and the host of Salopcast, a Shrewsbury Town fans podcast. He's been a lifelong Shrewsbury Town fan as well and the ideal person then to get the full lowdown on Steve Cotterell's men ahead of our trip there next Saturday. So, Ollie, thanks for joining us today. Really appreciate your time. Before we talk about matters on the field then between the two sides, give us the sales pitch for Salopcast and the history. Tell us everything we need to know. Yeah, so thanks for, ha- thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, we've been doing um, Salopcast for me and uh, my, my friend Glenn. We've been doing it for coming up to six years now. Um, yeah, it's been, we are the, the only Shooter Town podcast, so that's quite fun. Um, but yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We've been doing it for six years now, podcast every week. Um, and yeah, we've had something like I just think crazy numbers, like two hundred sixty thousand listens, and yeah, get very regularly get a, a good number of seven hundred listens every week. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun, and yeah, we it's, it's enabled us to yeah be on BBC and talk sport and all sorts of different things. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I suppose it helps, doesn't it, when you are the only one out there? Bigger clubs than ourselves, they have numerous ones. Oh mate, pick on so you... yeah, when you play like Liverpool in the FA Cup. 
um, or like Wolves. I think we got contacted by five Wolves podcasts or something. And it's like, no, I've done one. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> so what, how did it come about then? Why, why did you decide uh, to do a fans podcast? Yeah, a good question. So um, I've been um, listening to podcasts for years. I started listening to the Guardian Football Weekly um, and I was kind of really, really enjoyed that. And this was kind of, we, I guess, you know, six years ago it was probably just as podcasts were really kind of starting to kick off and people were doing it themselves. And I messaged a guy called Glenn. We kind of knew him playing for the away sports football team, the Shrewsbury Town away sports football team. But I didn't know him that well. Um, but Glenn had done, Glenn was probably the most vocal Shrewsbury Town fan on, on Twitter with his Blue and Amber fanzine account. And I sent a message to Glyn saying, hey, Glyn, should we do a podcast? And Glyn messaged me back in like 30 seconds, say yes. I didn't go back to him for three weeks because I thought, oh, damn it, we're going to do a podcast. And then, yeah, we decided to do one. It's funny, if I don't actually live in Shrewsbury, I live about 40 minutes away. And we very, very rarely record together. And actually, the first podcast we did, I was down in London and he was in Shrewsbury. And yeah, it's the first podcast went out and it went really well. And yeah, we've, we've been doing them ever since. So let's talk about matters uh, on the field then, Ollie. It seems a very, very long time ago yeah. since we played each other way back in late August. A, a lot has happened for, for both clubs since then. Now, in terms of your league position, where are you in League One in relation to where you would hope or where you thought you might be at this point of the campaign? Yeah, it's, really, it's a good, again, another really good question. It was, so if you go back to July... I think a lot of Shrewsbury Town fans expected quite a boring middle table season. And there was even some pundits um, thinking that Shrewsbury could be dark horses because we'd signed really well coming up into July. We'd done a bit of early business. Um, obviously, Steve Cottrell's um, a, a known as a good manager. He's very good tactically. Um, he's very good at organising a side. And some of the recruitment we made, a couple of players from the championship as well, people were thinking maybe Shrewsbury could be dark horses. And then, unfortunately, in all of August, we didn't sign any permanent players. Um, and in the January transfer window, we didn't really fix the numbers issue. Um, we've got a, a big flaw in our squad, which is basically creativity, and that hasn't been fixed. So, yeah, we went into the season kind of when we first started doing our pre-season reviews back when we came back for the summer, we were really hopeful. And as the season closed and then the, January tra the summer transfer window closed, Shrewsbury Town's expectations plummeted. And we expected to be in a relegation fight. So when we lost to you guys, it was kind of almost a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy that, yeah, well, of course we're losing to, to a newly promoted side because we're going to go down. And then we had that little bit of a run and we kind of got into a much better shape, but we're still in the relegation zone now. So, yeah, we kind of started the season hopeful, but because of the lack of signings, um, our expectations are, are low. And it's very frustrating for Shrewsbury Town fans because we've been in this same kind of bracket for three years now. I suppose when your manager gets a serious illness and takes a long time to recover, that, that doesn't help either. No, yeah, so Steve Cottrell had COVID. He was in hospital on oxygen and he was seriously ill. That didn't help, um, but we also do have a head of recruitment. Um, so there is a team supporting him. Yes, it's, it's obviously it's a bit awkward talking about someone's illness and you know then kind of questioning his performance in his role. The trouble is there's a little bit of a legacy of this at Bristol City. So we did really well in League One, got Bristol City up, and we found an article from a, a blogger from Bristol City fan where basically he repeated what he did here at Shrewsbury. And what he did at Shrewsbury is potentially try to sign players out of our reach, and we didn't sign anyone. And he did exactly the same thing at Bristol City. And we haven't really signed that many players in the January window as well. Recruitment for Shrewsbury Town fans is a bit of a sore topic um, and is a, a real issue for us going forward. 
is that issue financial? Is it just poor signings, a combination? How is it? Yeah, it, that's a, it's a it's a simple question, very complicated one to answer. I think I think it's a in terms of wages and wage budgets, Shrewsbury always plan to lose a little bit of money every year, and then then hoping we get an FA Cup tie. You know, Shrewsbury one of the best run clubs in the division from a financial point of view, and our wage bill is probably mid table, something like that. As, as you guys know, there is a lot of big clubs in this division, so kind of mid table. You know, you've still got some big clubs in that area because of just the number of failed Premier League clubs in the division. But from a, a budget point of view, Shrewsbury Town's budget is not a relegation budget. Um, so we should be doing better than that. I think there's a, a number of things. I think Steve Cottrell, in his, in his credit, has very high expectation levels and very high standards in terms of the quality players he wants to bring in. The players that we have signed have been really good. So that's a fantastic positive. But unfortunately, there isn't enough of them. So we haven't been signing players. The CEO of the club came out and said that we haven't spent all our budget at the end of the, the, the summer window of a bit of a caveat to kind of protect the club. So I think, I don't think, I think it's actually, he has really high standards. He wants good players. So one of the things that we will find, you'll see from Shrewsbury, we haven't really been hammered by anyone. We are, we have got such a hard work in bunch of players the, the the kind of in during during December when we picked up some really good results and kind of climbed away from the relegation zone a bit, you could see there was a real good connection between the fans and the players, and that's born out of their kind of determination and their grit. So there's a so the caliber of players and the mentality and kind of the culture in the club is really good. There's lots of positives to talk about. Unfortunately, we just don't have enough creativity and enough players. So we have a squad that has been submitted to the EFL of 17 players, and that includes an 18-year-old striker. And there was times um, before Christmas that we had kids on the bench that no one's ever seen, no one really heard of before. And the manager basically admitted it in a press conference only a few weeks ago that those kids were never, ever going to get on the pitch. So literally, we were going to games with two two crap strikers on the bench, and that was it. <laughs> Been speaking for a number of weeks with other opposition uh, people, Olive, about the, the, I suppose you'd call it the mini league towards the the bottom of the League One table. That like eight nine clubs, four of them are going to go down. I thought three of them were nailed on a couple of weeks ago, but certainly Gillingham have, have suddenly pulled a couple of results out of the fire. You were in the bottom four, then suddenly you went on a good run. Was it three wins and a draw in four games? And that pulled yeah. you a bit clearer as well. So within those eight, nine, well, let's say 10 clubs, if you count Cambridge all the way up in 15th. I would count Cambridge lot, in there. There's, yeah, absolutely. There's, there's still a lot of football still to play and a lot of twists and turns ahead. Yes, certainly. I remember the year after so we finished, I mean, the Paul, we call it the Paul Hurst season, the season we finished third. The season after that, and we didn't do very well. We kind of lost a load of players and got a poor manager, John Askey. And, and I remember Walsall fans giving Shrewsbury fans a lot of beef, kind of maybe November, December time when they're in the playoffs. They got relegated that year. There's often a team that plummets like mad. And it's quite rare, actually, to have a season where three teams are what you could say, yeah, pretty much guaranteed to go down. And obviously, like Doncaster crew and Gillingham. And obviously, what you're alluding to there is that Gillingham have got a little bit of fire in their belly now with a new manager. Whether they've got enough to get out, I don't know. I hear they've got one of the smallest budgets in the squad in the division, even smaller than Accrington Stanley's. So whether they've got enough to get out, I don't know. But clearly, they've got a good manager there in Neil Harris. Certainly have. Um, it's all about finishing mid-table in that uh, in, in that mini league, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so that makes our game next Saturday uh, very very important. Uh, we are speaking only on Thursday lunchtime before our respective games the previous Saturday. So. 
the gap between the two teams when we play each other could be two points. It could be eight points. And, and, and yeah. at this point of the season, that could be a, make a massive difference. Yeah, I think yeah, the, that's where it's really frustrating for Shrewsbury Town fans at the moment. So we've just played, we've just been on a run of results where we played Crew and Drew. We played Bolton and dominated them and lost 1-0. Then we drew to Gillingham, drew to Wimbledon, drew to Fleetwood, and then we got a decent point away to Wickham. Yeah, I'm sure you guys are looking at the table thinking, well, Shrewsbury can do us a favour against Gillingham and Crew um, and all these sides. And we haven't done anyone a favour or ourselves a favour. So it's very frustrating that we haven't picked the results. Oddly, we do better against the teams above us. So we're, we do we play best when we play counter-attacking football. So that's why we've got results against Sunderland. We've got results against you know, Sheffield Wednesday. We've got four points off them this season. So the bigger teams in the division, we seem to do a bit better. So I think the game against you guys is going to be fascinating, um, especially as you guys you know, are really good at scoring goals. We're not. So I think it's going to be a fascinating tie. Um, the game that we played you guys is probably our, one of our worst performances of the season um, in, t- from, in terms of both ends of the pitch. Um, so, yeah, I think I think... It's definitely, uh, I think it's fair to call the game that we have a six-pointer. So tell us everything we need to know then, Ollie, about uh, Shrewsbury, players, wants to watch, formation. What do we need to know? Yeah, so in terms of, in terms of setup, um, we typically play um, 3-5-2. Um, though we did change it um, at home um, last week. We're playing against Fleetwood. So we beat Fleetwood 3-0, absolutely hammered them. Um, and then they came to our place um, last Saturday um, and absolutely did a job on us from a tactical point of view. We just couldn't get the ball out. We couldn't keep the ball. And then we changed a half time to 4-3-3 and scored within 90 seconds. And I reverted back to 3-5-2 against Wickham. And I expect us to play 3-5-2 again when we play you guys. So in terms of the team, we've got um, Pennington who plays the right side of the centre-backs, Ebanks Landle in the middle. Now, Nurse has been playing left back, um, left um, centre back, sorry, um, but it's likely that he's going to play left wing back now because we sold off better to Swansea for 300k. Now, we have signed Flanagan from Sunderland. As Flanagan was due to play against Wickham on Tuesday, but we believe he was fell ill, so he didn't start. So it's likely Flanagan will come in the back line. We've got Elliot Bennett, who's played most of career in the Championship. At right wing back, left wing back will be Nurse. And then in midfield, we'll have most likely Leahy Davis and Josh Vella. And then up front, um, we'll probably play um, Bowman and Odell. And I'm quite... So we've played the same team, seven. we've played the same starting lineup seven, t- seven times in a row, which is great in one way, but also means that you get really tired. So Bowman and Odell didn't start against Wickham. Um, so that's our best team. We don't have many options on the bench. So I think that's probably the tight team that you'll likely see. Will be 4-3-3, undoubtedly. I, I think you've alluded to it there, Ollie, as well, haven't you? If you've got a striker who can put the ball in the net and obviously if somebody scored 21 goals, hopefully it might be more than 21 by the time people are listening to this, uh, you've always got a chance of getting a result. So who are Morecambe's players to watch, in your opinion? I, I suppose Cole Stockton, obviously. Yeah, Cole Stockton, obviously. And um, yeah, I hear um, you sign a really good goalkeeper as well yeah. in, the, in the January transfer. And yeah. I can't remember his name. I Trevor Carson. Yeah, so I think it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. Um, and yeah, I often chat to um, Shrimps online, um, chat to him um, about your team and stuff. So it's always interesting to hear you, how you guys are getting on. So yeah, it be interesting to see how your new recruits get on. Um, the battle in midfield will be interesting, um, I think, as well. Um, but it was a very odd game against you guys. Yeah. You know, Ogbetta made a, a, a real big, big mistake. Um, in defence to give you guys the penalty and then after that you pretty much dominated the game so 
I think it could be quite a feisty match, actually. Um, so, yeah, really looking forward to seeing how, how Stockton performs. I didn't really know much of him, to be honest, when we played you last time. Obviously, everyone knows about him now. Um, so it'd be really interesting to see how he performs. And interesting to see how he performs against our three centre-backs, who, who are all quite strong and mobile. I think you've definitely recruited well. I think Flanagan is, a, is an excellent pick-up. Uh, unbelievable, In the heart of the, of the defence. Yeah, well, obviously Sunderland have been flooding goals at the moment. And I did see some Sunderland fans saying, I can't believe we sold our best centre-half. Yeah. Um, he's a really hard-working player. Fits in with the ethos of the team that I was alluding to earlier. I think he's a fantastic sign. He's a signing not necessarily for this season, but for the next few seasons as well. Um, and we really need... We, we only have... We only really had four players that could play centre-back. We played Lee, who's a left-back in central defence to cover. So I think it's really important for us to get that cover. And that's one thing. So we're very, we're very critical of Cottrell from his recruitment point of view. But you can't criticise who he has recruited mm. um, because the recruitments we have, again, Fanningham's a classic, a really good example, a solid league one player um, and a player that I'm sure will be in our first team for the next two years. Ollie, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate your time. I know you're incredibly busy with uh, everything that you've got going on in your <laughs> life. So thank you so much indeed for your time. It is appreciated. Yeah. Finally then, predictions. Uh, let's have it then for the game on Saturday. And can both clubs be in League One next season? I, I, Morecambe, I'm not so confident about. I'm, com- I'm fairly confident that Shrewsbury will be in, in, in the in division. I think if you guys can sort out your defence... You're fine. You'll probably end up. Yeah, you could end up. Absolutely. It's crazy, isn't it? It's absolutely crazy. You look at Morgan's results. You look at the number of shots you have. You look at your XG. You look at your data. Going forward, you're fantastic. Yeah. And working on defense is normally the easiest part. So maybe if your manager can fix the defense over the next couple of weeks, hopefully not against us, you can maybe take some lessons and improve after that. Why can't Morecambe stay up? Absolutely no reason why you can't. Whether you will or not, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see if, how, how um, Gillingham get on. And I think you want to try and keep that gap, don't you, between yourselves and Gillingham. I think Shrewsbury will stay up. I think we've got enough quality. And we've got some very good... We've got like Josh Vella, who's bottom-end championship player. And we've got some. We've got a couple of players that probably can play in championship in our squad. Um, it's just going to be scoring goals. We went on that run because Daniel Udo started scoring goals. Mm. If we can score goals, um, I think we'll be fine because we don't concede many. Um, and also, we've got a very, very good home record. Our away record is utterly abysmal. We've won one game away all season. Our home form is really good. Um, and I think that might be enough to keep us up. Ollie, thanks again. Give us a sales pitch uh, one last time. Salopcast, where can we find it? Yeah, so Salopcast is available on all the, all the normal platforms and, and, yeah, and also on Twitter as well. Ollie, thanks so much. I appreciate your time. I know you're really busy. Good luck for the rest of the season. I, I, I think Shrewsbury will comfortably stay up as well. I, I'm with you on that. Uh, looking forward to the game on Saturday. Uh, good luck for the rest of the season. Cheers, Dave. Thanks very much for your time. And yeah, good luck, guys. And yeah, look forward to hopefully playing you again next season. I, I do have a bit of a soft spot for Morecambe in the sense I went to Lancaster Uni. So oh, it's cool. always a good a good game for me. We we were playing you in the, in the FA Cup and the FA Cup, the non-league FA Cup, and also the league when I was up at Lancaster Uni in 2000, 2001 to 2004. So yeah, I always, my, one of my best friends actually lives in Lancaster as well. So I, I hope you stay in the division because yeah, it's a good away trip for me. Fingers crossed. Ollie, thanks very much indeed. Good Cheers, luck. Dave. A huge thank you to Ollie Warner from Salopcast. Check that out on all of your major podcast providers and also on social media right now to get the full lowdown on all things Shrewsbury Town. And that's the destination of the Shrimps next Saturday, the Montgomery Waters Meadow. And of course, Shrimps Live will be there, myself and Matt Smith with Team News, the build-up. And we'll be live for the whole match, full commentary on your radio, on Beyond, on FM and DAB Plus and on iFollow 
from 2.45. Look forward to your company then. Shrimps fans, have a fantastic week, whatever you're up to. Thanks so much for downloading this episode of the Shrimps Verdict, and we'll speak to you next time. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.